Money FM 89.3. Best of the Evening Runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the Evening Runway. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for Culture Club. You know, hot on the trails of the major Geneva watch fairs comes the second iteration of the Singapore Watch Fair, the premier consumer watch fair here in Asia. Now, the second edition will be happening at Resorts Wilson Toza from the 18th to the 21st of October and allow visitors to explore the world of horology in several unique ways. It's going to showcase rare timepieces, prestigious brands and a lot to expect especially if you love watches well in the studio today is uh, nelson lee the co-founder of the singapore watch fair nelson good afternoon and of course uh, joining nelson is his co-founder ali nile who's the uh, co-founder of the singapore watch fair ali we've spoken before welcome back (laughs) talking watches sorry gents i want my cheap watch today but let's get the ball rolling tell us about the singapore watch fair Singapore Watch Fair was officially born in 2019 under the banner of uh, Jewel Lux, right? And yeah. Ali and I, he understood the vision straight away yeah. and we became partners very, very naturally. We are all about putting together the community in Asia and the best in watchmaking right here in Singapore. Tell me about this vision. What are your expectations when you hold a fair like that? Actually, you know, we are not after profits. That's why from the beginning of rebranding our partnership into Singapore Watchfare, we focus mainly on B2C business. So we don't look to benefit from any sales in the fair. You know, we would like all the collectors uh, from Asia and beyond to be able to meet the collectors, you know, face to face, meet watchmakers, the creators themselves. So the vision is actually really to put the Swiss watchmakers and worldwide watchmakers in front of the consumer and uh, engage directly to educate, you know, about their creations. Mm. Okay, slightly left field question and, and I'm, something I've been curious about uh, since knowing that you guys were going to be on this show, right? We tend to associate watches with it's a man's world. Is that changing? 100%. Yeah, yeah because nice. uh, women today, uh, of course, they're a very strong workforce. They're making, you know, a lot of money themselves. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. independent. Even married couples as well, uh, you know, female collectors today yeah. are very independent. They pay for their own watches, yeah. you know. So it's an amazing, amazing to see. Actually, 10 years, 20 years ago, it was uh, not as big as uh, as it is today. You know, yeah. the, it was a very small percentage. Yeah. yeah. And also, I don't know, as Singaporean, it used to be weird, but nowadays it's becoming more and more common. People don't propose with rings anymore. They proposed with uh, like, a, right. like fact, a wedding yeah. watch. Yeah, in fact, we had one couple, the wife gave her husband a very nice BC watch nice. for his wedding. For the yeah. wedding gift, yeah. Partnerships are so important when it comes to events like that. Tell us a little bit first about the venue partner, Resorts World Sentosa. Right, so we're very excited, you know, partnering a world-class uh, lifestyle destination like Resorts World. They share our vision in building the watch fair as an iconic event in the okay. whole of Asia. You know, so together with their Michelin star restaurants, the venue which will be at uh, Hotel Aquarius, okay. we look forward to having one there. Yeah, I'm quite excited as well because there's going to be an auction hosted by Christie's. Uh, there will be a preview, you know, so Christie's is one of the exhibitors okay. in, the, in the exhibition and they will bring, of course, uh, highlight pieces from uh, the Hong Kong sale, uh, November sale. Also Future Grail, which is a local auction house uh, that we run, also exhibiting very important and rare pieces uh, in Singapore Watch Fair. Okay, I think I've got all the uh, important stuff out of the way. All partners are happy. (laughs) 
Now it's time to get into it, man. Mm, time, rare time pieces that are gonna be there. Okay, what? Which one's the most? Val- <laughs> which one's the most valuable that's gonna be on display? Uh, there will be a, <laughs> a variety of collections. Of course, we are making a pop-up museum. So this is, uh, you know, uh, organized by Future Grail yeah. along with the other important collectors to make sure that we display not for sale pieces in the right. exhibition for right. educational purposes, but also to shed the light on, you know, on certain important historical pieces. And there will be, of course, auction-grade uh, collectible pieces, mm. uh, you know, of course, in the 500,000, 1 million, 2 million mark, you know, the, of course, will be on display. But as well, a lot of commercial pieces or, you know, not necessarily expensive collectible pieces. Most important for us is also to promote the independent watchmakers, you know, that is flying from different regions to exhibit uh, their latest creations. Yeah, we will have on highlight Ludovic's upside-down watch in Oslo. Oslo is a very, very rare material found in, in the world. Some would say rarer than uh, gold. Wow. Um, it comes in uh, seven piece, so he will bring the only piece that he has. So it will be on showcase at the show. As well as Chinese watchmaking, we are featuring uh, Chinese watchmaking and we believe that would be a very important part of the culture okay. moving forward. Wow. Uh, we have Tan Chen Hua, who is a uh, Chinese watchmaker trained by Vincent Calabresi, who is master watchmaker, mm. who will be displaying his creation for the first time in Singapore. This is Singapore timepiece or brand that's also on display Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right Azimuth Azimuth yeah so we we are very excited to have Azimuth he's a pioneer in Singapore watchmaking landscape have created many iconic pieces uh, such as the Riboto in Sapphire Crystal which was sold out this year uh, retail at about 30,500 he created 20 pieces for his 20th anniversary (laughs) which he will celebrate uh, with us at the watch fair this is amazing. Okay, we talked a little bit about female collectors. You've got a panel led by TikTok Bells in collaboration with Dubai Watch Club Girls and Kuwait Watch Club Ladies. Tell us a little bit about, I know Ali mentioned earlier on that ladies are earning better. They're a heck of a lot more knowledgeable compared with us men these days because they take the time to research. So what else makes for an affluent female watch collector? What are the characteristics do we watch out for here? Uh, I'll take this. Um, I think there's uh, two sides uh, of this. Uh, I think Nelson had a vision a few years ago to uh, promote female collectors, mm. including uh, TikTok Bell, uh, our friend. Yeah. You know, we feature her in the last edition. Last year, she had uh, her own panels, etc. But in my last trip to Dubai Watch Week, the last edition, also I met the founder of Dubai Watch Week. Okay. And then subsequently, we got in touch with Kuwait, you know, watch club, female mm. watch club. Mm-hmm. Not only they become independent, they also created their own groups, you know, to exchange information, assist each other, you know, same like we have groups with our family and yeah, friends and yeah. watch collectors. So I think they're also becoming influential on their own. Yeah. You know, this is very important. So we're bringing these three very influential groups, one in Singapore, one from uh, Dubai, and then one from Kuwait, and they'll be represented here by their heads. It's interesting as well. I like how you mentioned that they become more influential and social media tends to show this off very nicely. Some they, they create this brilliant video videos as well. What brands do they tend to go after, Nelson? <laughs> uh, um, they still go for brands like Vacheron. They like their Richard Mills a lot. Oh, wow. But I think with, for example, TikTok Bells, they collect independent brands. With uh, like Constantine Shaikane, the two founders have one each. Go for brands in the fair, essentially. Lesser known brands. I think the ladies are becoming very confident. They don't chase after the commercial brands anymore. So it's, it's slightly different. Like for us men, and not to make it a gender thing, but for us men, we tend to look at the watch okay what's the the value of this and the potential resale value but with women you see the 
the actual appreciation for the craftsmanship. Hundred percent. They like the movements. They yeah. can see the details. Don't forget, they love fashion. Of they course. love uh, art. You know, so they're well uh, exposed. You know, to fashion, to design, and I think you know if you mix, you know, in the intellect, they're smart. Like you said, they research, plus their power of detail yeah. and, the, and their fashion <laughs> yeah. sense. I think the choice that they they do is uh, very impressive. Is it getting tougher for you guys to keep up in this market? With I mean, you you really must have a lot of knowledge. We have to reinvent ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we know we don't follow trends too much. You know, we just have to learn about the trend. Yeah. Uh, we have to, you know, we always say we have to create our own trends as well. Fair point. Yeah. Nelson, what got you started in, in this love for watches? I think it started in 2017 when uh, we founded the fair. Yeah. Very happy to be around a group of friends who have taught me, Ali as well, and has grown since then. Yeah, you got yeah. a favorite brand in particular? I like our brands like Ophion, Leapy Clocks, uh, Constantine Shaikin. These are my top three for sure. Okay, what yeah. about yourself, Ali? It's a very difficult question. Uh, but <laughs> I think like uh, one, one exhibitor uh, specifically that I really like is Ludovic. You know, oh, okay. um, you know, I like his history. I like his uh, consistency. Of course, Vianney Halter is, mm-hmm. is a legend. I, I mean, all the names we see in the exhibition are uh, extremely well-known, very, very tight on their supply. So they might not even have much. Uh, you know, of course, we make sure they bring watches that they, they can sell in the yeah. fair. You know, it's not only for display. You know, that yeah. it's very important. But I think also new watchmakers that are getting a lot of attention in the market. Mm. Every day we have something different, you know, from a recreation of movements, of certain things that is not made for 100 years, you know. Yeah. Uh, so every day we have something aesthetically pleasing or uh, mechanically pleasing. We're kind of moving slightly away from that price to more appreciation and, and craftsmanship. Like you say, I, I feel so basic having this conversation with you because all I can think about that I may have a bit more knowledge on is, is Hublot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so commercial, right? Do we pay enough attention to how you keep the watches because there are brands out there that take for example a, a brand from the United States that I came across recently Home and Headfield they, they pay attention to making these watch boxes how you show off the watches because you're collecting them do collectors pay enough attention to this particular area in your opinion? Actually, the boxes are a big problem for all the collectors. Yeah. You know, uh, first of all, especially in Singapore, it's a humid, uh, <laughs> you know, so most of the boxes, inner uh, inner leather, uh, you know, crumble or, you know, become in pieces. Yeah. And storage issues, you know, and humidity issues. I would prefer, actually, to be honest, to have very simple boxes like Patek used to do in the 60s and 70s. Mm. A very, very tiny, small box. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, some of them are called coffin, you know, a coffin box. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, um, but it's very small to store, you know, now the boxes are, uh, you know, actually, at the end of the day, you're paying for it, that, you know, as cost part of the cost of the watch, but actually to us is quite useless. Nelson, we talked a little bit about demographics and, and we touched the surface on male and female type of collectors, but essentially if we were to dive into it, what is the target audience here? Simply someone who loves watches? What have you noticed? We are free for admission fair, right? So we, we're targeting a majority male, but mm. we, we're paying a lot of attention to the females. So if you look up our events page on the website, the female panels uh, is almost uh, out. And we are looking for people across the region, around yeah. con- the world, but about 10 countries will definitely be coming. What's your fondest memory of your first luxury timepiece? I'm sure, you know, at these sort of watch fairs, it's also all about the stories, isn't it? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think my first one was a two-door. 
Oh, Actually, nice, nice. Just a two-door two Tiger Woods. Yeah. It was a simple one yeah. that I, I, I got. And I still have it to today. Yeah. yeah. So I like it and I brought it to golf the other day. It was quite fun. I, I figured it was because of golf. Uh, what about you, Ali? Uh, my first watch was a white gold Mont Blanc. A very simple oh. watch. Uh, so Mont Blanc just started to make watches at the time. Oh. And I was actually wanted to buy a pen. And I ended up buying a watch. Uh, so this was my first... Uh, I thought it was expensive. Uh, <laughs> it was actually expensive. It was yeah. 18 years ago. So oh, wow. It was an expensive watch for me at the time. So um, I still have the watch, of course. Mm-hmm. I still have the watch with me. Is there a, like, I know with, with uh, and I had this conversation yesterday with my guests, there is uh, somewhat like an index where they look at the value of, of luxury handbags. Is there something similar in the luxury watch yeah. industry? Yeah. There is, there is, uh, there's a few sites. Yep. But in fact, we have our own maybe coming up soon. Oh, that should be quite interesting to watch. Yeah, there's a couple of watch index and, um, you know, I recall another, I just don't recall the the link, but there's a couple of providers. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be like very accurate, but it gives a a sense, a sense Mm -hmm. of what's happening in the market. Mm -hmm. But uh, for us personally, we we track ourselves in the market. Of course, we are in touch with collectors, with dealers. We have an auction, you know, house. So we are more uh, in touch with reality instead of indexes. Of course. And and how much... Does that affect the fact that there are these auctions that happen versus the second-hand market? I think auction provides a, f- a fair, um, how to say, uh, view of where the sure. market is really is. Sure. Because at the end of the day, a watch sold at auction is also where a few interested buyers come to compete mm. and they decide the price. So it's uh, basically in the hand of the buyers to decide the price. It's a bit different okay. than retail or, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson, what's next after the Singapore Watch Fair? What's on the cards for you guys? Well, we're looking to diversify actually beyond our current content. Okay. And the partners of retailers and global brands actually who share our vision promoting watchmaking and to help grow and engage the rich community here in Asia with Singapore as the hub. Yeah. Uh, And I guess just a final question since you guys are the expert on this issue. What are some trends or styles that uh, watch enthusiasts should watch out for? What are you on, on, on the lookout for? Uh, me, uh, even though I look young, you know, but I'm an old soul. So, uh, <laughs> uh, me personally, I'm really moving into pocket watches and uh, they objects. They do that, right? Pocket watches and they put a strap on yes, them. I yeah, think Omega yeah, like does that quite a Omega bit. Omega and, of course, the brands like Beauvais, you know, Ooh. they're a leader in that for centuries. You know, uh, they created uh, watches that you can switch between pocket watch and uh, and the wristwatch. But I think the future of, of let's say, collecting is, mm. uh, you know, is more and more into the older, older yeah. things. And, of course, uh, Nelson is... Uh, in touch with the independence on daily basis. Look, there's a lot of very niche independent brands that yeah. uh, will be very, very important brands in the future. Wow, it's really exciting. Well, thank you so much. I've been speaking with uh, Nelson Lee, who is the co-founder of the Singapore Watch Fair, as well as Ali Nile, who is the co-founder of the Singapore Watch Fair. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time thank today. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.